Hi there, and welcome back to Canine Connections with Tina Patel. I'm Tom, and listen, I've got some exciting news. These next couple of podcasts that you're going to hear, we're naming Home is Everywhere. So Tina and Naylan, her son, are on a fantastic journey across the state of Florida to kind of rediscover all kinds of things. So all the experiences that they'll both be uh, going through, we're going to chronicle, and in this very, these are going to be short and sweet, but we're calling them Home is Everywhere. So I've put together a couple of questions for Tina, and she's going to be answering them along the journey. And I, and I know part of the reason that you went on this journey was to kind of watch Naylan grow. So my question for you today is, what are you noticing is changing in Naylan? What, what is he learning? And how much are you enjoying? Are you, are you loving this experience? At Doglando, I often talk about our work whether it be in enrichment and more specifically related to our skill building courses, that the manner in which we should describe the results we are able to offer our members and their dogs revolve around nurturing the dog's nature. In other words, if personality could be trained, if personality could be shaped, then what we're doing, giving them the experiences we're able to create and offer, and through teaching them the skills that they later acquire, all of this combined is to produce the results of character development. It is as though we are influencing the dog's nature, the dog's personality, the, do the dog's disposition. In other words, it is developing or guiding the development of a dog's soft skills versus hard skills, the technical skills. So what are we looking at? If we look at soft skills and hard skills from this perspective, that soft skills are the characteristics or development of certain attributes, certain characteristics, nurturing and guiding the development of these characteristics that ultimately aid in skill acquisition. But at the end of the day, it is who the being becomes. It is the bearings that the dog develops that then gets demonstrated by the way in which they stand or act or react. The display of these characteristics outwardly to real life situations, towards those real life situations. I think we do this to humans, but let me use the example for dogs because that's what I'm more familiar with. That with dogs, we tend not to consider that we ought to spend a considerable amount of time in helping a dog develop internally, develop, nurture these characteristics so that outwardly, once they are mature and they have a plethora of experiences that they can reflect and draw from, the, the character that they display outwardly becomes one that is non-reactive or less reactive, non-judgmental or less judgmental, 
very little inhibition or fear um, and more confidence, right? More resilience. But because we don't look at it from that perspective, both professionals and dog parents have adopted the idea that what dogs need to be successful is obedience training. And from our perspective, when we talk about obedience training, regardless of what it is that you're teaching, what skill you're teaching, the technical skill, there is a difference between a soft skill and a hard skill. And that hard skill, that technical skill, or the skill in which technicality can be applied to develop accuracy and a higher level of performance. That higher level of performance and technicality, accuracy, precision can only happen when the soft skills are present as well. It's very difficult to increase performance without the proper nurturing of the soft skills. They go hand in hand. They are both sides of a single coin. You can't do with one or the other. And so your question, Tom, related to what am I noticing in Naylan as we go from place to place and the experiences he's getting as a result of these experiences, right? So much. I'll give you a one story to share and then elaborate from that um, what I believe he is getting and what I'm getting, you know, so I can only speak from my perspective. Um, we were at Lake Kissimmee State Park and um, from what I had read and understood, Lake Kissimmee was this or is this 35,000 acre lake and in our backyard, right? And I had never heard of it um, never seen it and we uh, went into our kayak we had to ride paddle down a canal we had no idea how long the canal was going to be but i was determined to do this and then go and see lake kissimmee my motivation for doing this was not to see lake kissimmee but my motivation for doing this was to um, put him into situations where he is developing soft skills, such as bravery, determination, enthusiasm, confidence, security, affinity, willpower, determination, so on and so forth. In all my years of going through Camp Doglando, I have witnessed so many children struggle through the most, what I would consider, basic challenges of working with a dog. It requires so much of our effort and time, in particular in that first week of camp, to build the children up, the youth up, to a level of confidence, where even the most what we consider basic skill, basic action can be had. For instance, their expectation would prior camp is to come in, they understand this is a dog who's coming from a shelter, has no training experience, and they're so eager and excited to want to work with the dog. 
day one, by the end of day one, they're beginning to realize the level of endurance, stamina, enthusiasm, willpower, inner strength that is required to be able to go through this experience. It's almost as though we failed in allowing them to create realistic expectations of what to experience, expect during Camp Dog Rondo, or does the question become, our expectations are unreal? So is it that their expectations are um, not accurate, or is it that we expect so much? And through asking these types of questions, what we have began, what we have started to understand is we're failing our children to become able to withstand a high degree of rigor. And if we are not failing them, then maybe it's more accurate to say that our focus is quite narrow and that through this narrower focus, we are concentrating our effort for them to develop rigor in only one or a very certain um, area, maybe academics. But there is more to an individual's development, character development, ability, interests. As a human being, we are powerful. We're able to do and give ourselves to a lot of different things. And we should be able to do that with ease. Um, not so much of what we are experiencing is experienced with stress. And that should not be the case. So at the back of my mind, I think about, well, what, sh what, if this was an experiment, if Nalen was an experiment, and bear with me on how this language lands on you, experiment not having a negative or a positive connotation in the sense that I am aware, I am responsible for my actions as a parent, and I am aware that what I choose to do on behalf of him, for him, involving him, has an impact on his future. So with this level of awareness, I want to raise my consciousness to make decisions out of all the possible options and things that I could possibly do or make him do, put him into situations to do, I want to be mindful of how I select those because I, that responsibility carries significant amount of weight for me. It's not a decision or an idea or a thought that I take lightly. And so if I look 10 years down the road, 
five years down the road to eight years down the road. And my end goal would be for him to show a higher level of interest in a wide range of activities, interests, disciplines, to be able to have the stamina, endurance, and most importantly, willpower to participate, to stand up, to do, to take action, to take action without considering the risk. Let me say this again, without considering the risk, the risk will be inherent and present. It's not something that must be considered. You must be able to deal with whatever that risk is. And because it is inherent, it is automatically something that one does think about. So when I say not considered, once we consider it, we begin to talk ourselves out of it. The putting energy to, to that risk now becomes creates conflict in our mind. And before we know it, that has taken over our decision. And oftentimes what we see is people talking themselves out of it, right? So if there was a one, it was either this or that, I would prefer him to, which I don't believe it is either that or that, but if it was, I believe that my responsibility is to ensure that no matter the situation, he has the ability to minimize aversion, minimize risk, minimize tension, um, find solutions. He has the ability to always come out of that stronger than he went in. He has the ability to not break down. He has the ability to keep moving forward. He has the ability to say, and I would do it again. This is a big deal for me. And whereas for some parents, like mine, for instance, I remember education was a big deal. So my dad was huge into, it doesn't matter what you go to school for, you must learn. You must be a lifelong learner, right? So it wasn't about what degree or who you were going to become or any of that, but just learning and educating yourself was a huge thing for him. As parents, I think each one of us have um, an area of concentration or an area in which we want to see our children develop very strongly. It's not right or wrong. It, and, and that's a whole other subject in its own sense. But let me go back to this, this um, question you asked. So for me, the priority is to not overlook influencing development of those soft skills. So back to my story. Here we are paddling through this canal, not knowing how far we need to go and what it is that we would encounter once at the mouth of the lake. And as we were making our way to the lake, um, somebody who's going uh, on the opposite side of us in a boat stops and says, 
just make sure that you don't enter the lake um, and move away from the canal too far because it's really windy. And I didn't have a concept for really what really windy meant, nor the size of the lake or um, entering a lake from the mouth of the canal, right? All new experiences. But we took that into, um, uh, uh, that was great insight for us. And as we uh, paddled just a little bit further, here we are at the opening of the, the lake. And I reached out to my phone to grab a photo and feeling that wind that he was referring to. So I was like, all right, here it goes. This is the wind he's talking about. So I quickly reached out just to get a photo, not even a very specific one. It was, you know, whatever I caught, I caught, captured. And within the seconds that that took, um, the kayak had already drifted quite a, way from, a ways away from the um, canal. Well, look, it's not miles away, but given the con conditions of the wind and somebody who's more experienced than us, I thought this is going to be a challenge to get back. So I started paddling and it was within my first and second stroke that I was like, oh my God, this really short distance felt like I was miles away and that it was going to be so difficult. And it was, it was very um, uh, hard. And I could feel, you know, I, I have um, auto, uh, certain autoimmune um, condition symptoms and I could feel like my knuckles hurting, my elbows hurting and the pain from the uh, soft tissue. And, and it's a mind over matter thing, right? And I kept telling myself that. And I, while I was working my own um, energy through that, that challenge, at the back of my mind, I was thinking, okay, and so what if? I need help in this situation, taking it as an opportunity to also be very aware that in situations like this, where it's just he and I, as we go on on our trip, what would happen? And I wasn't in a state of panic as I considered that, which I was very grateful for, because then I could think instead of reacting, I could think of my different options. So what would I do in the future? What kind of information might I leave with? Um, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I did have the park ranger's phone number and I thought, well, I have the park ranger's uh, phone number. I have connection. So what's the worst that can happen? I could just call the park ranger, tell them this is our situation and they would come out and help us, right? Um, but it, it really wasn't that big of a deal um, in that moment because I had the mindset and ability to still paddle right through it. That was that moment. That moment changed very quickly. Every stroke fo forward felt like we were going 20 back. So about 20 strokes forward, right? I was like, we are getting nowhere. I do need to, before we really need help, I do need to prepare for help. And I thought, no. Um, and it hit me in that moment that this is that opportunity I've been waiting for. I look out in front of me and there's Naaman, completely aware of the challenge, scanning, looking, and he says, mom, let me help. Well, my first internal reaction was, no, you can't because you don't have the strength and I need to keep going. 
But thankfully, my outward reaction was, give it a go. And he took over. And he paddled to the right, paddled to the left. And his entire body language changed because he realized the difficulty in paddling. It wasn't just using that paddle to wade water. He had to give it his all, give it his might. And so he positioned himself, changed the way he was sitting to get more um, uh, gravity and to be able to pull. And this kid, this experience was so amazing with this kid. What I learned was it was a perfectly timed opportunity for us, knowing that the truth is we are safe and we are fine. It was the perfect opportunity for me to use to create a hypothetical risky situation. And so as he's waiting and as he's paddling, I told him how difficult it was for me. I'm feeling so sore. Um, I need help. And he said, a little bit of me and a lot of you. Here, I'll help you. Let me do it. A, let, let me do it a little bit. And so I gave him a marker. It was a shrub. And I pointed to the shrub. I said, you think you can take us there? And he said, yeah. And he's huffing and he's puffing. And he's, you know, trying to pull our weight and he's getting to that shrub. Just as he's approaching that shrub, I, I push the limits and I ask him to get to the next shrub. Well, while all of this is happening, we had a, um, a fishing rod on our kayak. And the line for, I don't even know how this happened, but the line got loose. And now it's, it's entangled in the paddle, but also around our kayak. And so I noticed that that was happening. And I said, Nayland, the fishing line. And I reacted, overreacted intentionally because I wanted to create or to see where is together as individuals our area of weakness, but as a team areas of weakness that we can become more present for, aware of, and um, work through that challenge. So I knew I was fine to escalate the situation and be a little bit more dramatic and say, oh my gosh, the, cha the, the line, we're wrapped around in the line. And he said, mom, get the paddle, you paddle. He gets the fishing rod and he's trying to entangle it. And it was fascinating to watch this. He holds the rod. There's no un untangling the line at all, okay? I mean, we were fully tangled in it. But what could have been done is exactly what he did. He held the rod vertically rather than horizontally. And that gave us some space between the line and where how far we could use the paddle to get a little bit more um, uh, weight, like water, you know, going through. It was brilliant. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. You saved us. That's so incredible. You know what's really awesome? That you're so calm, you're breathing through it, and you're thinking, this is amazing. This is what's saving us because I've lost my mind. And when I lose my mind, you got to think. And when you lose your mind, I have to think. So then we went a little further. And, you know, just as the wind would have it, being our best teacher in that moment, now, all of a sudden, holding that pole vertical was not working. And he said, well, let's try this. And he held it at an angle, giving us just enough room to be able to paddle. And then that got tangled. And he held it in a different way. Ultimately, trying all these different positions, not losing his calm, um, continuing to be solution-oriented. That's, I recognize, adult language. But trying so many different variations of well, how do we make this less invasive for us, less aversive for us? 
coming up with solution and not giving up, not breaking down, not giving in, not um, escalating the situation to, which is what I have experienced, where that giving in and giving up escalates the situation and now you've literally just hit rock bottom, right? And it is in those types of experiences that I realized how important putting our children in real life situations where they are able to experience their true ability and develop that, that soft skills, that demeanor, that disposition, that character development that I described earlier on, how important and valuable that is to thinking about technical skills, physical skills, um, um, uh, and those hard skills referring to um, a type of performance that involves a set of skills that can be trained, right? The combination of the two between the soft and the hard skills is what leads to, I think, um, the core us, the core me, the core you, the core individual. And I wanted him to recognize that there are many components of us. When you look at you, Naylan, there are so many things that make up you. What are those many things? When we look at these dogs who come to Doglando and look and we're talking about and evaluating their needs. We're talking about so many different needs that these dogs have, not just one. They don't just need training. They don't just need stimulation. They have so many needs. What are these needs? How do we speak about them in a way that is observable, that is measurable, and more importantly, in a, way that, in a way that there is little or no room for interpretation, where we are all unambiguous about what the needs are. And whether that individual is deprived or satiated or where there is an abundance um, of possibilities, of um, choice, etc. So in our short time, it has the variety of interactions and experiences have created such a rich platform for where he has where he is developing so many soft skills that otherwise he would not have the opportunity to develop and as a result he is developing some very solid hard skills balance coordination, um, uh, accuracy, um, precision, threading the eyes of the fishing rod with a fishing line, learning how to tie different knots, learning how to hold his fingertips in a proper way where he is able to tie a fishing line. So, you know, bottom line is um, it goes back to I think our own understanding of what to provide and how to provide that. And as we broaden 
and become more expansive in that understanding, you realize how different you just have to be and how different um, that our system and the traditional concept of child development, child education, no different than dog daycare, dog training. We must expand and be so expansive in the realm of possibilities that it's not, this is not all they need and that they are capable of so much more. I realize my answer is very long, but I hope it's made sense and given our listeners maybe a different perspective to addressing our responsibility as the care provider, guardian, parent, whether it's to a dog, to a child, um, just the number of things that we are responsible for without it feeling overwhelming or a daunting task, because it's not. It's actually quite simple. The only inconvenience is it's not readily available. It's there, um, but it's just not readily available. It's not systemized yet. I want to thank you all so very much for listening to Canine Connections. I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with a friend, with a colleague, and hey, remember to subscribe. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for the next one. We've got another great question from Tina. We'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>